Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, your high-flying, slow-crying, always-dying, living-for-flying, John Wayne, that's right, here I am, John Wayne, back, back with you again another week. Thank you for joining me. Of course, I am in Wayne Manor, where I reside in the West Wing, in the studio of evil, where I am all evilly up and doing my thing, you know that because you are here with me, and I appreciate it so much. Of course, I have my uh, big uh, steaming uh, pile of shit. No, cup of coffee here uh, in my Drink Coffee Hell Satan mug. Thank you, Chris and Alicia Stamps. And I've got some big old, big old honking green buddy buds uh, piled up in uh, my old pipe here. Grandpappy's Medicine, available uh, everywhere that you buy shopping. Mmm, yep, that's good. Nice, good that. Got some water to stay hydrated. It's all good, and it's another wonderful day here at Wayne Manor. Of course, uh, major shouts out at the top to all my Patreon peeps, homies, supporters, members, uh, members only, and the members only jackets out there. Shouts out to them. But shouts out to my Patreon uh, folks. Thank you guys so much for the support and uh, for being a part of it. I appreciate it um, immensely. It helps keep me alive and keep me going, especially out there on the road, especially with all these kind of things that are happening and I got to be ready. So I very much appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to check out my Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead and you can throw a little bit of extra support your Uncle Johnny's way here. Uh, check out the tiers. You get all kinds of cool stuff with whatever one you join, but every single tier, including the $1 beer club, dollar a month, gets you access to uh, the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast, which is another weekly podcast I do from my Patreon, where I talk to artists around the country and world uh, that I meet and that I've known, and uh, it's great. Um, It's really cool. I just put two episodes up there for this past week, like when you're listening to this last week, because I missed a week in there somewhere. I think a week got away from me or something, but I, I put up two awesome, uh, you know, uh, interviews on that uh, up there on my Patreon. You can check those out uh, even for a dollar a month, and you get access to all the back episodes. We're in the 70s now as far as the number of episodes goes. There's tons of stuff to catch up on if you're new to the Patreon and you want to check it out. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing for um, artists out there, and it took me a while to start one, but I'm glad I did, and I certainly do appreciate all of uh, the people that are on there. So, again, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead to uh, throw a little extra support my way, and I'd appreciate it so, so much. Wow, what a week this has been. Um, I mean, uh, uh, pr- very cool, vis- very busy, is, of course, staying busy, on the road, home, whole nother week home. Wow. Um, I would say uh, I could get used to this, but I've been way too used to it. I, I need to get back out there. But don't worry, I will very soon. Uh, everything, all my travel kicks back up off on the 25th of June. Uh, so I'm here again for a little bit longer, and that's fine. I'm staying myself. I'm keeping, uh, uh, drawing my energy inward and preparing and mentally preparing or whatever, you know, all that kind of good stuff, just enjoying being home and just catching up on uh, – catching up but you know there's a lot a lot of work a lot of work the old duders got to do here you know uh to keep this whole train on the tracks but uh one one thing um <clears throat> that was very cool that I did this week and uh I hope to do more of this in, in different capacities though is I since so I talked about uh when I, I played the show um when was it I guess last week 
uh, on this, I was talking about how I played that gig and how I was like, oh man, I'm so glad to be back in front of people playing music again. Um, you know, just something great that it's such a great feeling. I, I talked all about it in the last episode. You can go back and, and check that out. But, um, yeah, so I've been carrying that still, like, it's, it's just good to be reminded of that sometimes, you know, and, um, it, it, I love music and music is a huge part of my life. Uh, just as much as writing is and, and uh, you know, graphic art and stuff like that. It's all these, like, pieces that make me up. And uh, when they're all firing, like, on all cylinders, when the, when the machine is fully, like, greased and we're going, man, it feels good. So, like, that was a missing part uh, that needed to be, like, jive, jived up or something or rejuvenated. I don't know, but it feels good. So I was recently uh, also, with a couple weeks ago, before I started playing, uh, someone... Uh, asked to uh, commission a theme song from me for their podcast. So it hasn't been announced yet uh, who or what or anything like that. So I'm not, you know, just up top. I'm not going to say like what it is or anything. But, you know, they'd asked me to do it a few weeks ago and I was like, yeah, I could probably work something up. But, you know, I didn't really, um, I didn't know what approach to take necessarily right off the bat because I was like, man, you know, I wrote, you know, I did the, if you listen to the other podcast I do, which you should, a uh, third podcast I do with, with Christopher Triana, another most excellent horror author and, and uh, a good buddy of mine. We do a, a show every week called Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. And the theme for that I wrote and played and recorded uh, here in the studio of Evil. And it's it's like a, you know, 90s sitcom type of like, you know, me playing acoustic guitar and singing all fun. So I was like, do they want something like that? Or just, you know, because the only direction they uh, I got was like, you know, hey, I think what you do and your aesthetic and your music would fit this podcast or fit what I want for the, the intro. So, you know, I, I'd like to commission you to work something up. And I'm like, you know, just do whatever and we'll see. And I'm like, all right. So like this week, I actually, you know, I had this thing in my head I started kind of like uh, you know a vision I started having for like what this theme like uh, would be or what approach I wanted to take so um, so this week I, I sat down here in the studio of evil and actually hammered it all out like <clears throat> it was it was a lot of fun like I um, I used well first I, I I did all the instruments and all the singing and I I took like this hard heavy approach to it like screaming like real heavy like kind of stuff but I'm like all right so I have to produce all that music and such so uh, I I don't have a drum kit here or or uh, an electronic drum kit and I'm not like some good drummer at all uh, but I, I can I, I know what I want something to sound like so I can get behind a kit and show like okay like this like a something like and then a real drummer could get back there and do it but um what I did for the drums was I just actually built the drums like uh, in I used uh, GarageBand, which is a great resource for things like that, uh, where I picked, you know, because you can pick drum kits and drum sounds and which drum you want. And you could put together like a, you know, like a rudimentary beat like in the tracks with those drums and the kits. So it's like like what you want and then copy. And then anyway, so I I did all that to, to make the drums that I wanted. And then I went back in. I used a pig nose amp which is uh, uh it's a it's a small portable amp it's maybe i don't know like eight inches tall nine inches tall ten inches something like that maybe like seven eight inches wide if that maybe six and it looks like a 
I mean, I don't know, like a small case, and it has a little clasp on the side. You can open it uh, or keep it closed. You know, it's got the speaker on the front, but that's how you change the sound by actually opening the the amp itself, and and the you know how wide you want it to be open on the hinge is going to change the sound. There's it's such such a it's very small, but it's super versatile. It's such a versatile amp, like uh, unbelievable, great sound. Uh, I really really love that thing like best 70 bucks i i spent uh, as far as musical equipment goes um but uh yeah so i used that and i recorded uh the guitars here i used my my yeti mic that i use here for podcasting and uh i played through my uh jim roots telecaster uh first thing i recorded with that and haven't really played that guitar in a while since i got it um but yeah i i just I, I heard this stuff in my head, and I just kind of, like, played around with it, and then I recorded. I recorded all the guitar tracks, so there's, like, three different guitar parts, and I did t- I did two tracks for each part. Then I was like, well, I could... I was, like, on the... Fa- when I first started, I was like, well, I mean, I really want to play some bass on this, but I guess I could program bass into this. Um, but my neighbor, shouts out to my neighbor, Dwayne, uh, plays bass, and so I just, like, called him while I was recording. I was like, hey, man, do you think I could borrow one of your basses for, like, an hour? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm not home, but go over and get, you know, somebody will have it out there for you. So uh, I went out next door, got the bass, came back, nailed all the bass tracks, just uh, had a really good time. I, I got to get a bass. I got to go to the pawn shop or something down here. I got to I gotta get a cheap bass to have here in the studio. I don't know why I don't have one yet, you know. It uh, doesn't make any sense. But uh, I am going to get one. I think I really do need to get one because I had so much fun doing this. I, I put this all together, and then I did the vocals, and they're just, like, screaming, like, like the words that, uh, you know, of, of the song. But uh, I like that, that all metally screaming and shit like that. It was, it was so much fun to do and put it together. And then I got under the, you know, you get under the hood here, you know. I get it, you know, get under the, the cans, the old headphones, and really start, picking it apart, putting together a rough mix to send, and like, hey, is this even, like, what you want? Because I was like, I I, I did all this without saying, like, hey, I think I'm going to do a heavy song. I just, I did, I did a rough mix on it and sent it to the guy, and I'm like, hey, is this, are we on the right track? Because if not, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep this for myself, but, you know, I'm not going to put any more work into it now. Luckily, he liked it. Yeah, he was all into it, uh, said, keep, you know, good deal. So I actually sat and mixed and mastered it all by, all by myself and uh, tried a few different mixes, and I think I got it tweaked just right. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. And so it was an awesome, just an awesome experience. When, when it's announced and they start using it, I'll, I'll, of course, announce it as well, and I'll, I'll probably post it, uh, possibly on my Patreon, the song for you to listen to. Uh, it's super heavy. It's very cool. And, it, it, and doing that also, like, kind of rekindled my... Now, I'm not rekindled, you know, you know, I love all kinds of music. You know, I've played in all kinds of bands my whole life, you know, uh, from starting with punk rock, going to, you know, metal to like, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, heavy rock, like uh, with hints of proggy stuff, then to a, a kind of proggy alternative band, then to a hugely prog band, then back to like a punk band. Also, all kinds of stuff. And I, I've played all kinds of music. And I love to listen to all kinds of music, um, and I talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I just love that heavy stuff. Sometimes it's like sc- the screaming. I love Deftones. I love you know Behemoth. All like that. I know those are two different bands, but just saying like the aggressive sound. So this inspired me, honestly, uh, writing this and seeing how 
because I've n- I haven't recorded like a song like something of this calib like a caliber of this in in the studio of evil yet. You know, I've done demo recordings and stuff like on you know I, I did the vital social issues and stuff theme here but it was very simple it was just acoustic guitar and singing uh so it was like a few guitar tracks and stuff that i did on there and some other things but it was relatively relatively easy compared to what this was and i was like well you know i might as well try and if you know hey maybe it works or or i'll see how to do it better of course you know you always learn uh how to do it better but it worked well so what it inspired me to do is like man maybe when I'm sitting here at home and I have time, which is like, oh, when do I have time? But, you know, maybe throw some heavy songs together just by myself. Just, you know, do the drums, you know, program drums that I want, and then do the bass and guitar and vocals and make these heavy, heavy songs. And, you know, I don't know. It's just an idea. So I might do that. I might, you know, there may be a little uh, old Uncle Johnny heavy, heavy uh, hardcore album coming out, uh, uh, or at least some songs maybe. But it was it was a ton of fun and I I, I dug it so hopefully so when that comes uh, out I will definitely announce it like I said and let you guys listen and you can give me your feedback and tell me what you think. Um, but it was very cool. Also, so uh, I did that this week. <clears throat> um, I also worked on a uh, putting together. Of course, I'm still writing my splatter western just for checking in. I'm I'm really plowing away here. I think that I'm I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I have the vision I'm, I'm barreling through, so I'm working on that every day, but I also wrote, like, a, I started to write, like, a short story I had an idea for when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago, and I finished it up this week, um, and then I started to put, uh, stuff aside, I started going through, you know, my stories and things like that, and I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting together a short story collection. I'm looking at the stories that I've had out there published, and when I can, you know, get the rights back and stuff like that. And I was putting everything into a folder and just getting all the preliminary things together uh, to actually put together a short story collection. So I'm really, uh, I'm excited about that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to pitch it out there to a few publishers and see if I can get it picked up, uh, you know, sometime out there soon. But got a lot of stuff in the works and a lot of stuff coming out. So we'll see. But yeah, this was a lot of fun to, you know, I wrote this short story and it kind of, you know, again, that sparking like I need to I need, you know, West Southern shouts out. It's been telling me every time we table together, you need to put together a story collection. Ah, my name is Wes. And I'm like, yeah, Wes, I know. Why do you talk like that? And he's like, because I do put a story collection together. And I'm like, all right, man, cool. So I will. Thank you, Wes. And so, yeah, so I was working on that this week. Great, great. But. One of the, m- the most exciting thing, at least for me, was uh, this week I also got tattooed again. Uh, yeah, I'm sure most people who listen to this episode, uh, or listen to this episode, this podcast, know what I look like and know that I am uh, covered in tattoos. Yes, true. To my hands, fingers, all that good stuff. Uh, I love tattoos. I love the art of tattooing. I do not tattoo. My, I'm, I'm not a tattoo artist. A lot of people see my, all my tattoos when I go places and, and assume that I do tattoos or ask me, like, so you are a tattoo artist? Yes. And I'm like, no, I just like getting tattoos. But, uh, yeah, so um, I uh, I talked about this maybe on Vital Social Issues and stuff and have kind of teased it out there, but I've been really wanting to get my neck tattooed lately. And, uh, you know, and I know like probably 65% of people listening were like, oh, no, why would you do that, stupid? And I appreciate that reaction. Um, A couple of my friends also had that same reaction where I'm like, why would you even like – you know, why would you even have that reaction? Look at me. Like, you know, you're friends with me. First of all, you know 
my lifestyle. You know how I do things. My hands are tattooed. What the fuck do you care? Why are you trying to make a case for you? Like, oh, no, not your neck. Like, oh, yeah, that's the that's where I went wrong. Uh, but no, I don't give a shit. I love tattoos. I, I don't think they're trashy. I don't think that they I mean, they can be. They definitely can be. But I I like and respect uh, the whole thing. So like my my fucking girl, Dana, Dana Graham, a.k.a. Octoboros at Octoboros on Instagram. That's her tattoo uh, profile. Follow her. Uh, I've talked about her a few times. She's been on the Awesome Dude for Life podcast. She's amazing. She's done a few tattoos on me before, including my ear. She tattooed the pentagram in there and my Alkaline Trio tattoo that I have. Shouts out, Alkaline Trio. And, uh, yeah, I, I she did this. Uh, I was like, hey, man, could you tattoo my neck when I was in Pennsylvania? And she was like, hell, yeah, when you get back, hit me up. So, uh, so we did it. Yeah, this Thursday, this past Thursday, I went in, uh, in the afternoon to her studio, and she drew up this very awesome uh sketch for me based on my uh descriptions and, and examples and so i have a very rad badass so totally metal goat's head on the side on my left side of my neck uh with a badass like pentagram eye and it's like ah, his mouth's all open and there's like spit and shit coming out it looks very cool she did an excellent job her lines are tight and clean and it looks beautiful and i could not be happier with it so um yeah so getting and, and getting tattooed it's a uh, for me, it's like it's a whole lot of things. It's cathartic. It's uh, a release. It's uh, a reward. It's um, you know um, a, a, a further I don't know uh, affirmation of an ethos. Probably I think is the best way to put it. It's a lot of things for me. It's reaffirming. It's rejuvenating. All of these things I get out of being tattooed, and so like because I get that much out of it, that's why it's hard for me to go a long time without getting tattooed. Like, I know I'm running out of space. I know that. But, you know, you you, you always have space for stuff. You can you could find a space, even if I get something little. I don't know. It's just something that, like, it's a good reset for me. I'll tell you, it's something like that happens as well. It's just when things are, like, just over, like, overbearing, things are, you know, it feels like everything's just getting too much, to get tattooed is like a puts it in perspective or, or takes the the uh, power out of that negativity or something like that. That really is a, a awesome reset. Good, great thing for me. That's why I love to get tattooed. That's why I love tattoos. I love to look at tattoos, beautiful ones, and uh, I'm just all about it. So, yeah, I don't have I didn't have anything on my neck, but now I do. And it looks awesome. And uh, thank you. Shouts out, Dana. Uh, follow her at Octoboros on uh, Instagram, and uh, if you're in Houston, check her out. But this girl's traveling, man. She's she's hit hitting the road on this shit. She's been uh, tattooing at a, a place in Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, for, like, she'll go and do a residence, you know, for, like, two weeks or something and come back. She's going to New York in a couple weeks and somewhere else to, do like, sit at uh, just guest uh, artist at shops, and that's amazing. So check her out. Check out my neck. Respect my neck. Uh so that was awesome. I love tattoo, getting tattooed, and uh, and uh, being tattooed. So, um, I think that's my that's been my week. That's the download week. Uh, I do want to say that before we get into our uh, tarot reading here, I wanted to say um, you know my uh, thanks again to everyone who has ordered the uh, four card uh, metal iridescent uh, set that I put out in tarot cards. My my tarot cards a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and uh, those are I still have some available. So go check that out at johnwayneisdead.com slash shop. They are two and a quarter by three and a quarter, uh, four of my designed tarot cards. They're metal. They're iridescent. They look nice in the sun and the light, and they're uh, they're really cool. They came out awesome, and they're hand uh, they're signed and hand numbered because there's only seventy five of each card. So, check that out. But um, yeah, so we'll just move on to our tarot reading of the day. Now, as you know or do not know, I do a three card tarot reading on myself before every show. I sit down and think about you know I, I go over the things that are on my mind, things that I've been thinking on, you know, just whatever, like kind of a download on my mind, and then. Uh, kind of try, try to get a fresh perspective or a different way to look at these things through the cards or just kind of, you know, get, uh, you know, get some positive affirmation or maybe a little bit of direction based on what these things mean. That's all. I have fun with it. It's a great thought exercise. And, uh, and that's, that's what I love to do it. So, uh, without, f- so this, this week on my mind, of course, we talked about a lot of it up there. Um, up top already but you know i i am doing a lot of things and i need to stay mega organized especially before i get on the road like i i told you i've been telling you guys man i've been picking up a lot of of work for things like like this uh like writing a theme song i drew a tattoo for somebody last week i've done two logos i have commissioned for another logo that i'm starting today so all of these things like uh help keep the the john wayne machine going you know um my books, you know, all that, all that. But when I'm home and I'm not, I'm not out there on the road slinging books. I got to do these other, you know, my other things too. And I love doing it because I'm using all of my talents and it's, it's a lot of fun, but I've got to make sure I'm not taking on too much. I've got to balance all this stuff out because the last thing I want to do is like, I finally have some, some, you know, uh, buzz or hype around me where people are like, I want you to do this for me. So the last thing I want to do is then take on too much and either, you know, people aren't getting shit when they want it, or then the work starts suffering, and then who's going to fucking hire me to do anything then, right? So it's those kind of things on my mind. And then also, again, uh, you know, I've been harping on this, but the business side of things, I just really want to get way better and organized at the business number crunching time aspect, all of that of of what I do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because that's my brain. It's really hard for my mind to work like that. I'm so much more... Uh, in the creative side or, you know, ideas and stuff like that. But looking at numbers and trying to like put things like that together just, uh, is, is tough for me. So I'm, I'm trying to get way better at that shit and, and stay better organized on it. So there we go. So without further ado, let's get into our tarot reading here right now. So our first card that I got here was the four of cups. Now this is one of, um, if if not my all-time favorite card, one of my favorite cards, and I've talked about it before, because this is a card that kind of got me interested in tarot to begin with when I had my first reading, and this card was a, a big part of it. So in the Four of Cups, you know, this, this has the person that's sitting against a tree with their arms crossed, legs crossed, and um, there's three cups in front of them. And they're they're either looking down or their eyes are closed. Your it's up to your interpretation. But just above them, off to the side, there's a cloud with a hand coming out that's trying to hand like give them a cup that they're not looking at or seeing or it's not registering. Right, that's the way it, it's my interpretation is of it. So with this card, you know. Th- this this came about for me the way I like to look at this card. Of course, there's a lot of things that, that could, this card can mean, you know, that you're trying to uh, 
say no to certain opportunities or certain things so you your plate's not too full like we talked about um you know we you know it's asking us to look inside use our discernment to decide which which ones are important to take which cups we should take i i.e opportunities uh you know and tasks jobs whatever uh we want to put on our plate there and use use our you know connecting with our intuition and and being grounded um and making sure we really have a solid foundation under us before we get too ahead of ourselves right um and all of that that is part of the card but another big part of this card for me was is the part of it that's saying like you know you 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 know being dissatisfied or or not even that it can be being dissatisfied but just being stuck in in life or being like maybe you feel like you're spinning your wheels or you're just uh you're you're you have this kind of maybe like tunnel vision is not maybe maybe like tunnel vision you're working you're doing your thing your head is down and you're just going and i talked about this a few weeks ago where it's just like you you know it's good to pick your head up every once in a while and get some perspective so you don't go nuts uh and this is like saying to you know basically take a step back and make sure you're not closing yourself off to any of the opportunities that are right for you because either we're taking on uh, we've taken on other things that maybe aren't aligned with our path but we didn't want to say no um or we're just we're so uh stuck in in the the rut of whatever the the uh three cups in front of us are which they could be you know your job family or life whatever those kind of things and we're just focused on how much they suck right now or they're not working for us uh you know like i.e the man the guy that's like looking down or just looking at those cups just stud like just intently or his eyes are closed either way like that's you know we're not happy with all that stuff right there but the solution is close it, it's there it's closer than we think and and in fact the, the solution or the thing that we need, the aha, the the whatever it is that we're missing, could very well be being held right in front of our faces by, by the, the hand that's, you know, giving it to us. And we're just not seeing it because either we're choosing not to see it or we're so wrapped up in our own shit and that we've beaten ourselves down. Like, oh, well, Nelton can't get better than them. This is just how it has to be because blah, blah, blah. You know how that is, you know, um... And we're just not, we're cutting ourselves off from that opportunity because that, we won't even pick our heads up and look at it. So for me, that that really, you know, inspired me and took, and like a really, I thought a lot about that and I started taking steps to like, you know, okay, I've got a, you know, the solutions are more red. I'm not stuck in this rut. You know, a lot of it had to do with working a day job. You know, the last day job I had when I left from Starbucks to go to that other place that we won't talk about, uh, you know, at this point, I started to really think and take steps and, and really start to try to align my life where I wanted it to go. So it was like two years after that, I was no no longer working there. Um, and yes, I was asked to leave, but uh, it was I was already halfway out the door. You know, I was I was already traveling. I was already doing conventions. I was picking up every extra work that I could. So it was, it, it was time to do it. But this was what inspired me and started me kind of thinking about that and like, okay, 
you know what? The opportunity, it is right here. I, I can't let myself get bogged down with my current situation and, and let that dictate and tell me, like, there's no way out of this. This is just how it has to be. That's such a bad attitude that I would get into. And I used to get into that when I was worked at Starbucks as well, um, where I was just like, this is how it has to be because I don't know. You know, and that's just – it's such a defeatist attitude, and I, I'm, I'm so – glad I got past that um but that's what this card always uh reminds me of so I really I like this card and that's this I, I think like this is just a reminder of like hey make sure I'm not falling back into that make sure I'm looking around make sure I you know the solution could be right there the thing I'm looking for could be right there and I'm just you know so take a I need to take some time um with that all right next card king of pentacles reversed okay so we know pentacles are money, you know, uh, finances, material things, all that kind of stuff. So when the king of pentacles, um, I like the king of pentacles a lot. This is a great card. When it's in the upright position, it's it signifies that you are like, uh, I love the message. You're you're creating your wealth. You're creating your foundation stability uh, by using all of your talents that you've worked hard to uh, to to polish and bring up to a, a certain you know, level in your life and you're keep bringing them up. And, and the King of Pentacles has used, you're using your talents to support yourself. You're not working for anybody else. And the one the cool things as a symbol on this card is uh, there's a, uh, he's sitting in like a, basically with a vineyard behind him, a bunch of grapes all over and grapes are hard to grow. So the symbol there is that like, you know, he grew all these grapes, worked his ass off. And now like, here's the, the fruit of his labor, literally, um, and he's able to use his hard work, what he worked for, the talents to now support. So, the, you know, that's how it goes. So I like that aspect of the card. Now, when it's this is reversed, we got here. So when it's reversed, this is asking you to like, all right, buddy, take a take. Let's let's pump the brakes on what we're spending money on here. Basically, this is asking us to take a look at our relationship with our money or wealth, or the creation of wealth, what money means to us, what we're doing with it, all of that kind of stuff um, in that, you know, maybe we have a you know, maybe we're in, in something where we're, we're lucky enough to, to, you know, you work and you get, you, you make great money. Like you get paid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and that's all subjective, but for you, you're pulling down bank. Like, it's like, cool, this is great, but you have no respect for it because as soon as it comes in, it's going out. And that's what this card is saying. Not, and, and I know it works like that a lot of times, uh, more often than not in that, uh, because same thing, hand to mouth, but you're talking to the fucking hand to mouth King here. Soon as it comes in, it's like you gotta. It goes to the bills. It goes right back into the business, and then you're sitting there like, uh, you guys want to split like a, a blow pop or something? I got a quarter, you know, uh, blow pop. What the fuck did I get that? Nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, so, yeah. So it's like talking about, you know, I know that happens, but this is talking about when you have that actually, you've built some padding, uh, or you're just not even using it on bills and things that need to be used on that's another way that this is saying you're disrespecting your money you're getting it and then just like psh. and the disrespect part comes in and and because the first time when i was studying this stuff i was like disrespecting your what is that but what it is is like you know you you think about how hard you work um and sometimes it's e i mean it's easier like to to think of it's easier to get a i feel to get a grasp on this concept when you work for yourself because when you work for a, a place, uh, you know, at least when I did, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking all the time about like, uh, well, this amount of hours equals this amount of money. You know, it's just like days and weeks and paycheck, you know, type of thing. But that doesn't mean you can't look at it like that because you, you know how much you make an hour or whatever uh, or if your salary, like what a day breaks down to versus like what you're going to spend that money on. So 
this is, you know, it's saying be careful that you're not just like getting, you know, get, you know, you, you need to make sure we need to make sure we're thinking about how long and how hard we've worked to make this money. Now, do we want to spend it all on penny whistles and moon pies? It, it, which there's nothing wrong with that if we're taking care of business in other areas. This is just like, this card is basically like just a, che- hey man, check in with what you're doing with your money because you're probably, you're on a good track right now, but you know, you're playing fast and loose with some things. So pull, so to look at those, let's pull back. Let's try to get it under control. Right. And also take a look at making sure money is not dictating our, our steps or our life. You know, we're not, paying so much attention to making money that we're ignoring our family and friends and relationships or, you know, we're making all of, you know, we're not, we need to make sure we're not making every decision based on how much money it's going to make us. Um, just ever chasing that, um, you know, sometimes, and believe me, I know you have, we have to do that. I'm saying like when, when we value just the creation and the stacking up of your papers or the creation of wealth, just, over what we're actually doing for it just it's like we we just have to like it's more important for us to make that money than it is to do anything else when we get to that level that that's what i'm talking about saying no to those type of things but yeah for me like it really resonates with a look at how hard you work to get this to, to make this like how many books did you have to sell to do this how many how many you know fucking whatever just however you want to break it down and quantify it for you and then it's like well you know, is this the best use of my money? You know, and 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 it's it's a slippery slope. It's a hard thing. It's different for everybody. But this is more just like a I I I'm just saying I'm using this as like a check check yourself type of thing. Like, hey man, let's let's not let this get away from us. All right, let's check check out what we're spending on. Let's put some stuff aside. You know, do you, do you need another stuffed animal of Ren and Stimpy? Probably, but let's hold off and see. Christmas is coming eventually so anyway last card two of pentacles reversed so two of pentacles the the person on there is like juggling these two uh a pentacle in each hand and then they've got like the infinity kind of sign wrapped around those so when this is in the reverse position this is basically telling us hey man check it check in again because you might you you're over committing you've got a lot of stuff going on and that's cool but right now it's getting to be too much you're struggling to stay uh, on schedule, st- struggling to stay on, uh, uh, keep up with your responsibilities, all the other responsibilities you've taken on, and you know, um, you're struggling to uh, effectively manage your time. All of these things, because you know, what started off as a good thing, getting getting more work, turned, uh, you know, can turn us uh, uh, topsy turvy, turn us over, actually. So, like, f- following from the you know, King of Pentacles reverse to this one is a pretty like you know, uh, even step like right there. It's basically saying like, if this, then that, you know, if you're taking on too stu- too much stuff, like we said, because you want to make money, 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 and you're not thinking about anything else, then you do become overloaded. And then we come to this two of pentacles reverse and it's just like, there's too much, man. Now, now everything's fucked. So we have to, again, um, pull back from this stuff. We have to let go of some things. We have to turn down opportunities. We may need to pull out of some projects that we're already in. You know, all this kind of stuff because it, at the end, as much as these things suck to do or to, or to like, it may feel like, ah, you're quitting or you're giving up on something, but 
it's better to like better to say like, look, I can't, I I can't do this. I took on too much, or I'm gonna step away from this, or I'm sorry, I can't do this. Then then to give something that's shitty, and then that that ruins you for because no who because then that there's the proof is in the pudding. Here's hey yeah, I hired them to do this. Look how shitty it is. Huh, I wonder, they've really fallen off. Bill, yeah, it's Tom, let's never hire them again. Yeah, let's go kick their ass. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, th- this, this is a good reading. This is, you know, the four cups. Again, just to recap, you know, look, look, make sure we, we're seeing the right opportunities. Make sure we're not closing ourselves off to what the right choice is. So, so we need to realign that a little bit. Uh, make sure we're listening to our intuition and, and, and really looking around us. Pick our heads up out of the the ground, pull them out of our ass, pick them up out of the trenches where we're working and, and look around. Make sure we're not missing anything that's important, you know. And then while we're doing all of this, when we get that in line, make sure we're respecting our money. Make sure we're not like going too crazy all the time. And, and you know, uh, and we're also, you know, not letting that kind of wealth creation get away from us and take over our lives. And in doing so, you know, that could lead to fucking our whole thing up. I, I like to call the two of pentacles uh, like, uh, the spinning of plate cards, you know, like the card of spinning plates, because when it's up in the upright position, you know, it's like someone's spinning the plates. You know, if you've ever seen that, I, this is a huge, super old reference. Like anybody you ever watch Johnny Carson when they spin the plates, you know, people would spin plates on fucking dowel rods. I don't know. I guess it was a, a quote unquote talent, but it was hard to keep a bunch of them spinning at once. And you had to go back and forth and da 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 da, keep them together. So when the two of pentacles is in the upright position, that is, I, I, Look at that as like you're spinning all the plates and you got it under control. But one more plate is really going to fuck it up. So this is when you took on that other plate when it's reversed. There's too much to spin and things aren't going to work out for you. So that's where we are. That's our reading. A lot to think about. Uh, I got I got a lot out of this. I hope you did as well. Uh, thank you guys for that. And um, yeah, uh, so I think, um, you know, earlier I talked about... Uh, the uh, Awesome Dude for Life boner bonus podcast that I do on my Patreon every week, uh, patreon.com slash John Wynn is dead. And I've been playing uh, every, you know, every once in a while, I've, I've been dropping in uh, a, a, a sample of what this week's episode is going to be. So, um, you know, so you can check out my guests, get to know them a little bit. And if you're interested in hearing the whole shebang, go over to the Patreon and check it out and, you know, enjoy. Or you could just check out my guests and support them. Uh, so this week, uh, this is fun. This is a, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I have my uh, my one of my newer friends from Las Vegas, Scarlett, uh, who is uh, from a part of Mead and My Friends, which we will uh, talk more about in here, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but she's awesome. Um, you know, I met uh, I told if you let's go back and listen to the most recent Vegas episode that we did uh, that I did on this this show. If you haven't, and uh, I uh, Nick and I talk about. Uh, our adventures with Scarlett and Ava um, on that that whole weekend, which I'm sure we'll revisit here a little bit. So there's a little bit of uh, uh, me and my uh, my good friend Scarlett. If um, so, just for the people who haven't listened to the other one, or just to like catch up to speed, you were helping at the um, saw skate booth. Yes, uh, skate room booth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ava works for the for Lion. Well, she is. She works for Celine Dion because her heart will go on forever. Right. She has the backpack and the pajamas. I know. And, uh, but no, so I was just like, she was like, hey, you want to kick it this week? And I was like, yeah, I do. And so I just sat at the booth with her and it was fun. I mean, 
different from like it's different working it than it is like being a patron of it right but um it was a lot of fun and yeah that's you mean exactly- of, the, of the convention or of the escape room i look i know the whole spiel to the escape room and i still haven't done it so like uh no yeah. it's just working the convention was fun. Yeah, gotcha gotcha yeah it's awesome yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it was, I guess, like, first day, there's that weird lull where, like, everyone's tired because they all just got in and whatever. But second day, when you were like, we got beers at the booth, I was like, fuck, yeah, this is how it needs to be done. Yeah. Oh, we always have beers at the booth. Like I, that's one of the th- I always learned something. One of the things, you got to drink at the booth. Uh, the other thing about drinking at the booth is you got to drink, like, you know, you have to, you can't be like slinging your dick around and like, look at me. I love to drink beers. You have to like, you know, fucking drink some Miller lights, drink some Coors lights all day so you can keep drinking all day. Otherwise you're done. And then you look like an idiot. Cause you can't handle your shit. Like I E C Nick P's drinking habits. And uh, <laughs> good thing he doesn't have to run the booth, you know, he just but, shows uh, it looks pretty. Yeah. That's his job. But, uh, He's part of the, he's a feature of the booth. But no, like, yeah, we met you guys on Saturday. We, we all went to that bar somehow. Kiz, I think we were just thrown together because of Mercala, right? I, I don't even know how this came, how we came together. I don't know either. I know Mercala's booth was across from us. And then I don't know if we were like walking. Oh, maybe AP was trying to do something. I don't know what happened. She was like, all of a sudden, Mark Collin and her friend are like, well, we're meeting with another booth. And, like, let me see if they want to come with us or whatever. And we're like, cool, let's just go get validated, wait for your friends, and then, like, we'll just take it from there. And that's when you appeared. The doors of the elevator open, and, like, the cherubs were singing, and out comes John Wayne. Dream with a, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because I ran up, I was like, I'm going to take a shower and like, uh, I'll meet you down there uh, to recall. Like, I was just, she's like, come down, we're going to go to a bar. I don't know. Either way, I don't even know what happened, but I ended up uh, going and it was amazing um, because that's one of those things that's just like, and then I ran into, I was read, like straight up going to leave without Nick. Like, I wasn't going to look for him, but he happened to like come around the court. What's going on? I'm like, we're going to this bar. Come on. Can Nick come? Yeah. Like, I was straight up just have left him at the fucking casino. <laughs> But uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Everything comes together for a reason. <laughs> Always kismet. Always kismet. Exactly. So, but you don't really work at the escape room um, at all. You were just kind of helping. Yeah, I was thing. just a pretty face. I was just yeah. there for support. But no, like, booth, I know. Booth babe. You're a booth babe. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Atmosphere model. That's mm-hmm. what. <laughs> Can you put that on your like uh, W2 atmosphere model? Uh, you know can what? I claim that? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Um yes. And then yeah. when that happens, I will send you the photo of my like ten ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, yeah ten ninety nine me for uh <laughs> model, please. Done. It's Thank happy. you. <laughs> Thank you. I need to set up some shady tax shelter anyway. We'll talk offline about that. But uh, <laughs> we can't implicate ourselves too much, you know. Right, exactly. This is parody. Uh, but yeah, we had such a, like, this is an awesome time um, that we had. AP, who we're talking about, is an insane uh, Italian guy that plays bass, bass for uh, Gemini Syndrome, a band. And uh, we met him. I met him. That was the first time I'd met him. I don't know if you guys knew him already um, before that night. Did you? Or was that your first time meeting him? That was the first time meeting him, just like, uh, 
he was fucking with us at the booth. Like he would, I don't know if you saw, but we had like that wheel of misfortune at one day. Mm -hmm. Like we had Mm -hmm. things on the, whatever we had shit on the table, props on the table. And so he would try to like play with them and stuff. And we were like, stop fucking with it. And so that's just, you know, until like later on in the afternoon, he goes, I have vodka you want. And I was like, yes, I do want. Thank you. Like, so yeah. That's where that all started. But no, we hadn't. Mm-mm. Yeah, that, the same thing like with uh, with him. I, I hadn't met him before at all. And Saturday I was hanging around waiting and I saw on his sign. I didn't even know what the fuck, who the fuck he was or what he was there for. But I saw on his sign that it said like Gemini syndrome. And I was like, isn't Meigs Raskin in that band? And I asked him and he's like, yes, Meigs, you'll be here tomorrow. I mean, you meet him. And I'm like, and when I tell the story, people are like, who who is he? Balky Bartokamas? And I'm like, no, he's from Italy. <laughs> But he's got such a fucking accent, like the way he talks. It's just uh, he's uh, he's he's an awesome guy, and his face is tattooed, you know. So there's no going back. His dreads are fucking tattooed. Like no, Ava and I joke about that because we were talking about like um, dreads are tattooed. <laughs> we were joking about that because um, I have a coworker who is going through some weird midlife crisis, and she's decided she only likes to date guys with tattoos, but who are like heavily tatted and she's uh, also from italy she's actually a town over from where ap is stephanie so, stefania right stefania i met her right okay so i was uh, telling her allegedly <laughs> so i was telling her i was like the guy next to me he's all tatted he's from milan blah 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 and so we were she goes all tatted and i was tech i was joking with ava off text and i was like ava looks over she goes dude his dreads are even fucking tatted. He's like that, like, you know, because <laughs> there's that like yeah. light colored, like faded, you know, pigment, whatever. So yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and uh, and I like his band and I like him. And uh, he's one of those guys I probably see like just I, doing something that would get like four felonies in a night but for some reason we just get off st- like step out into like freedom or something like that's what i think about that guy just like give him enough vodka and you know wind him up and i think we could get into a lot of trouble but it wouldn't stick because i'd be i would declare diplomatic immunity first of all you know i'd be like i'm i'm italian too because i am but i mean i'd start doing the accent and shit but i think that we would charm our way out of whatever kind of misfortune came our way he's that kind of guy Oh, um, yeah, I can see that. I feel like he could just be like, officer, officer, I yeah. got this. Like, you know, very cool, calm, and collected. That officer goes back to the car, like to the backup, like, they're get out. What, what is it? Uh, no, he's got it. He's got it. Don't worry. He said he's got it. It's fine. He's Italian. It's good. It's fine. We got enough to worry. There's a there's an obese man sleeping on a by a trash can up on the corner. Let's go. Uh, <clears throat> that was. That was the Nick's the Nick story. We should tell it on here because uh, this is a different podcast and you're you are a part of that story. We definitely need to tell that. But I want to go back because that night there's so many pieces to that night, moving parts, if you will. So many adventures that happened. Uh, And one of the things that kicked it off was a a bottle of vodka of sorts, as we were saying. Um, You want to lay that? Let's let's begin that story, if you will. Judge uh, from the top, please. Okay, so what it really comes down to is his last day of the convention. I was pretty shit-faced by then because 
Don't we were tuned up. We were tuned up. Breakfast beers. Oh, yeah, I even brought breakfast you a beers. shot of vodka to the table. Remember at one point, I was like, you look parched. And I just yeah. laid down this the, uh, cup. And mind you, like, you were somewhere, and Nick fucking opened up the bottle of wild turkey. and I told him to. He poured me a double shot. Let's start there. So I'm walking around. I had made friends with other booths. I'm like, you look like you need some. Here, like, just whatever. And so things are starting, we're starting to break down at this point. And the bar was like, what, 20 feet from where our booth was. And so I saw the bar cart where, you know, they're putting all the extra bottles that haven't been open and mixers and shit. Like they're breaking down their. Yeah. And this is a bar like that's just like one of those kind of like uh, mobile bars that they throw up at events and ballrooms and shit. And the woman who's the bartender is like putting all of the the liquor onto like this rolling cart like that. She's she's like, all right. And we have four vodkas and two whiskeys. You know, she's doing that, put it on the cart and she's going to go put it in the room. And and that's the cart we're talking about. So we see it all stacked up. Yeah. And uh, in my drunken little brain, I said, oh, I'm going to steal a bottle. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to take it without the intent of ever giving it back. Right. Like this is where my brain was. So I like run over to your booth. I'm going, John Wayne, John Wayne, I need you to be a wall. I'm going to steal that bottle of vodka and I need you to protect me. (laughs) You were all down for the cause. I I was just like, I stopped what I was doing. Like at that moment, I was like, yep, let's go. And like, I picked, what do I need? Pick up the guitar. Okay. So it was like AP walked up and just like went first. Like he stood there with his arms crossed or something. Like, isn't that what he did? And then like you, I came behind you and you went to grab the bottle, which you hesitated. And we've gone all back and forth about this. I will never hear the end of this. John Wayne will be the first one to tell you that that hesitation almost cost me that bottle of vodka. It almost cost us our night. Who who knows? We might have had to kill that woman. And then it would have been a different adventure, you know? Get rid of the body. And then the cops would have shown up and be like, officer, I got it. I got it. Officer, I play in a bat. Meigs is here. Yes, I introduce you to Meigs. Like, they're like, who's this Meigs? Uh, spook in Sir Cold Chamber uh, back in the 90s. Uh, the roof is on oh, fire, officer. Big, big truck, big truck. I loved Cold Chamber. Anyway, um, but uh, so, yeah, so we do that. But luckily, oh, and Nick, dumb, like Nick, Nick also could have blown this for all of us as well. He was like, uh, like he got the message like a beat too late, you know, and he's like, oh, I got to help, too. And he walks up to the bar as you're taking that bottle and like gets the woman's attention. I'm like, don't do that. And he's just like, uh, hey, are you uh, open or? And she's like, no, I'm closed. And, oh, OK, good. And we were already out the door. All right. There you go. Lots of fun there. So be sure to check out that episode. Go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead and check it out. Uh, and check out Scarlett's uh, podcast that she's bringing back, Bottom Shelf Book Club. That will be fun, and I'll be pimp, pimp, pumping, pimping. I'll be pimping, pumping it out too when she when she gets back uh, with some episodes of that. So, without further ado, I think that moves into uh, into us and us into our story portion of the show. So, uh, at the top of the show, I talked about you know tattoos and getting tattooed again this week, and um, so that of course you know sends me down memory lane of the times I got tattooed. So I actually wanted to talk about a, a couple of times I got tattooed on on this story, 
this week. So we'll uh, we'll call this um, the first and the limp. Wait, yeah, that's what we'll call it. So. In 207 uh, episodes of me doing this, talking to myself um, the whole time, I'm sure that I've I've either told a story about or talked about, uh, y- y- you know, maybe briefly overviewed um, <clears throat> my first tattoo. So I wanted to talk about that, but I also want to talk about another tattoo I got uh, that was fun uh, or has a fun story. So, you know, first of all, you know, I, I do love tattoos like I talked about earlier. Um, you can go back through the feed and, and there's an episode where I talk about, you know, my, uh, my uncle's ex-father-in-law working at his body shop and how I saw his tattoo of the Tasmanian devil on his shoulder when I was four years old. And ever since then, I was enamored with tattoos and wanted one since then, without a doubt. There was never like a, I don't know, you know, there, you know, it, tattoos are a big commitment, uh, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. But there's people who are like, man, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to wear a leather jacket and get a tattoo forever. And then, like, they they either don't, they don't commit to that or look back like, oh, that was stupid. I'm never going to do that, you know. They, people change their minds on things. We all do. We all grow and change. This was something I never changed on. I never budged on this. I always loved tattoos. As a kid, you know, I would stare at people's tattoos if I saw them. And, and of course, you know, tattoos and tattooing and, and it's become more prevalent, more socially accepted uh, in the last 20 so or so years, I would say, um, over the last 20 years. Um, but, you know, back when I was growing up then, it was you didn't see a lot of people with tattoos or, you know, super cool tattoos or anything like that. So I was just always enamored with, with it. And um, I got my first tattoo when I was 18 years old, when you are allowed to. I was going to Sam Houston State University, eat em up, cats, meow, and that is in Huntsville, Texas, where we kill people in the prisons, uh, put people to death even is what they do. So, uh, yeah, I went there. When I was going, now now Huntsville uh, has turned into this kind of like burgeoning city. It's, it's grown a lot since I've been there. Uh, it's got tons of just shit you can do you know now there's a lot of bars and actual restaurants and more places to go shopping than just walmart and and all all kinds of things and and several tattoo parlors there it's a college town why not uh when i was going at this time when uh, when i was 18 there were no tattoo parlors in huntsville at all this there was not a whole lot to do at all anything like really uh everything closed at midnight um every night in in like where the the lights the traffic lights flash at midnight they just everything turns to flashing red so it's that kind of place but um so uh i i had this guy i met uh, a friend i made a, this friend of mine through my other buddy that lived like in our little complex of, of of houses where we lived uh as a freshman there and he was getting these tattoos he got like a tattoo and like and then he was coming back like three days later with another tattoo and these are just like mostly kind of like little designs and some tribal stuff uh, he was getting, but it was really like, uh, you know, feeding into my like, God damn, I want to get tattooed. Like, you know, I where do you keep getting? You're going to get these tattoos. What are you doing, man? And he was, uh, what it was is I believe his girlfriend lived in College Station, which is where Texas A and M is. So if you don't know, which is about, I'm trying to remember, 
maybe an hour from Huntsville. You take these back country roads, maybe around an hour or so, if I'm remembering correctly. So he was going to College Station, you know, from Huntsville. He'd like leave to go like chill with his girlfriend up there, stay the night and come back or whatever. And they have a tattoo shop and he was getting tattooed. Like he just started going and making more appointments. And, you know, it can get addictive like that. But uh, I don't know. A lot of time, like, I, I would let's say, let's put it this way. If you got the money to do that, then you can probably it can get away from you fast because you can pay for it. But when you don't and you have to save up for it, it kind of tempers your uh, it doesn't take off the, the like away the the want or need to feel to get them. But you just can't run out and be like, yeah, I'm going to get, uh, you know, fucking rooster the rooster chicken guy on i want that cow from that cheese i like you know you can't just go do that but he i guess had some cash so he was getting a lot of stuff um and so one i'm like he's telling me yeah i'm going up there this is place da, da, da. and i'm like man i really want to go and he's like yeah well, let's go one night man we'll get we'll get get tattooed and i was like all right you know uh, I got to get some money together. You know, this, I don't have any money. I don't know what's going on. I'm, you know, 18 years old. I'm working, but, you know, I don't... I was working at the video game store, actually, the software store uh, with Nick P. Shouts out. But uh, anyway, so one of these nights, shortly after he starts going, um, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go, dude. It was just like one of those let's go dude moments. It wasn't like we planned it all day or anything like that. He came over to our room, my room with my buddy, whatever. And he's like, I was like, let's just go, man. Let's go. So we went. So we made the drive to college station and, uh, we went to this place and I like, it was very unceremonious, much like, you know, you think like the first time of a lot of things are going to be different than, than they are. I don't know what I expected, but I went in, um, very gruff, uh, place, not very friendly, which some tattoo parlors are like that, but this is definitely like the tattoo parlor from that period of time. Uh, you know, just this like dude that, uh, you know, they're like, hey, who, who is going to tattoo you? All right. This guy finishes up. Like, All right, you, what do you want? Get in the chair. Like that kind of thing. And I was like, uh, I, and I didn't have anything planned. I, I hadn't like thought that much. You, you would think I would know exactly what I wanted having wanted to be tattooed for all that time. But I didn't, I, I just was like, I don't know, I guess expected it to come to me or, or whatever. Uh, so I'm just looking through his book of Flash, and uh, I, I decided I wanted, like, a son of some kind. So I picked this one pretty simple design, and uh, he's like, that's what you want? I was like, yeah. And he's like, where? And I was like, right here on, on my left shoulder. He's like, all right. And he puts it on there, and, he's, and, I, and he starts getting his ink and stuff ready. And I was like, oh, and I want it to be green. And he's like, green? I'm like, yeah, is that okay? Why? And I'm like, Cause, because I want it to be be green and is that okay whatever it's yours uh, yeah, green but uh the the thing why i got that from is because seeing old tattoos when i was a lot younger those because the ink is different then it, they would turn like a greenish kind of color black the black ink so i always thought that they just were like some tattoos just were green like they're supposed to be lined in green um so that was kind of where i got that idea from in my head but anyway he g- it gives me the sun it takes like 20 minutes it's super fast um, and, uh, but I felt great. I felt awesome. I felt so badass. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, it begins. It begins. And, uh, my, you know, the guy that went with me, my buddy, uh, and his girlfriend who we met up there, we went and got like some free birds burritos. And I just felt like, fuck yeah, dude, I got tattooed. I'm a bad motherfucker. Went back to the dorm or back to our, you know, place in Huntsville. And, 
everyone was like, ooh, la la, you got a tattoo. Oh my gosh, let me see, let me see. And it, I mean, and it's super not impressive at all. It's just this like fucking no, it's just a straight up green sun like type of design. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, Whatever, that's my first tattoo. I don't regret any of my tattoos at all, and uh, including this next one I'm going to tell you about because, you know, so that was my first tattoo, and like we said, you know, we're talking about the addiction of tattoos and just wanting to keep getting them. It's more like, for me, it was like, okay, as soon as I got one, then it was, I knew I wanted more, but so it was like, okay, I would be able to start saving for it, you know, like, here's my checking account, my savings account, and here's my tattoo money over here. We'll put that under the mattress with the... The, my copy of Biggins, you know, so I'm I'm saving that uh, aside for I would that's how I would do it, you know, just put money aside, put money aside, and you know I was young, I still didn't like, I didn't understand all the etiquette uh, of of that kind of stuff or, or or how a lot of this those things worked. I was figuring it out on my own. In that the etiquette, in, I, in that I mean that when you go in, um, and I know this still happens today, people don't understand uh, how it works, but when you go into a tattoo parlor and you're like. I got, how much is this one, you know, and you're just pointing at shit on the wall, or how much is that, or even if you bring in your own design, and you say, like, well, how much would you charge for this, it's it's hard for, uh, some artists, I think, can gauge, tell you, like, you know, well, that, for this much, but the thing about those estimates is they're, 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 they're not, it's hard to make them firm, because there's just, un, there's unexpected when you're tattooing, right, it's not just, you know, going to go like part like this every time. It's not like pushing buttons on a machine and it just does the same, the, the same thing every time, you know, people's skin is different. Um, you know, people's pain tolerance is different. Uh, how, you know, all, all of these things come in, into, into play. Like every person is different when they get tattooed. So it's hard to gauge, especially on a large piece, like how long it's going to, it may take the artist, how much, you know, what else they, they may end up having to do to it to make it look the way you want it. So a lot of artists, they'll charge by the hour, right? So you look, just, like, know that going in. It, do they give you flat fees on stuff? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, but it's but I'm just saying, like, I didn't know uh, to, to think, like, I was trying to, like, uh, oh, let me break this down by the hour or, or um, you know, anything like that. I was just basically like, so how much, I want this, how much for that? And how much for this? And what with that? But but then, oh, can I get it colored? You know, and like, here's the thing. Color doesn't cost extra. It's just all by the hour. A lot of people think that it's extra to get your tattoo colored. I've never heard it that ever to be true. Um, what is it, Cerberus? Boney's barking out there. Do you want to go out there? All right, hold on. Let me let Cerberus out of the room. He was in here being an engineer, but I got to let him out. Hold on. Anyway, the boys are out there keeping it uh, keeping it safe in here at the old uh, Wayne Manor. So... Uh, yeah, so I didn't know the the pilot pricing worked, and I was just kind of like a stupid kid asking like, how much for this, and how much for that, and how much for this, uh, type of thing. So, and, and and like, well, I said that's not necessarily frowned upon to like ask that, but just go go into asking that question knowing that it's an estimate, and don't take it as a hard, firm. Well, you said two fifty, so that's it. You know, like type of thing. You have to, you know, give some anyway. Anyway, so this is like. I, I think I've had I have a couple of tattoos at this point, it's a few years down the road, but not many, like maybe a year down the road actually or two. Uh, and I'm working at the software store, so I know I'm working at the video game store with Nick, so I know it's only a year or two down the road. And uh, 
this was at like the height of like Pokemon cards are going on or people are buying the fuck out of them, much like it happened recently where at Target they stopped selling them because it was crazy. Uh, but we were selling Pokemon cards like they were going out of style. Now, we would get all kinds of customers in there, like all kinds of, you know, it was video games and, and Pokemon cards. So these guys came in that were handing out some flyers one day, like for the tattoo shop that they were opening just across the freeway from our store. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to get tattooed. I love tattoos. I've got some, you know, you start showing off all your preciouses and shit and like talking, trying to sound cool. I understand. That's just how it was. That's, that's That was me. We all do that. Um, but yeah, so I, I was like, I'll get tattooed. I'm going to fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. So uh, I went over there one day after work, or like maybe the next week, and uh, the dudes um, that we saw that brought the flyers were there with the, you know some other artists or whatever. And I talked to one of the guys that brought the flyers, and I was like, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna get tattooed. And I wanna, you know, can I make you know make an appointment?" He's like, "Oh yeah, you gotta make an appointment, and we'll figure it out. What do you want?" Well, this is when I said like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't regret any of my tattoos, nor am I embarrassed by them. I was, uh, let's see, so I think I was 19 at this point, um, let's say, maybe 20, freshly 20, but I, you know, I was playing guitar, I was playing in bands, and hard rock bands, and I'm a rock and roller and shit, um, but I'm I'm really also be, uh, at this point, like, trying to figure out, like, trying to define, like, my style as a guitar player, I guess, if that makes sense, and I, I there were several guitar players that I was super into, uh, and one of them was Wes Borland, and still am, like, uh, from what, from from West Biscuit, from Limp Biscuit, uh, and he was so awesome because I played in that band, and and I know a lot of people don't like that band, and that's fine, but, <clears throat> um, you know, there's a lot to like or not like about them, whatever, it doesn't matter. But he had this such a crazy style playing that kind of music that he injected into it. I really liked it. I loved how he always dressed up as some kind of monster creature on stage, like you had makeup and uh, the contacts that blacked out his eyes. And he would just dress up in these crazy fucking outfits, and he he was so bizarre. Uh, and then he put out an album that he did by himself, uh, a, a death metal album called uh, that was uh, under a, a band he called himself Big Dumb Face, and he did some other solo stuff. So I was following him, but he also was a a, a he, he's an also an artist, uh, like a visual artist. He does uh, oil paintings and stuff. So he did this one painting of these clowns, and I was like, I want these clowns that uh, from this painting on my arm. <clears throat> so he's like all right cool yeah we can do that and i'm like well how much would that cost you know like i just said and i i, I want to say he said something like 200 well we could probably do that for about 200 yeah yeah and i'm like all right and i took that like i said not to do as this is your hard and firm offer so we you know we find, I, I, and i also like i'm expecting like i'm gonna walk in here and get tattooed right now and it's gonna be done in an hour and that's it you know uh, but he was like, no, we had to make an appointment. So then I had to come back and what, all that shit. We finally get it down and he starts it. And, uh, it, it's not super big, nor is it entire, like uh super detailed, whoops, super detailed. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a cool picture, but I know that this guy at the time was new to, he was a newer tattooer. So he was going a little bit slower than maybe somebody else would today that I, you know, or, or somebody that's done this that had more experience. So I, I was expecting us to like, also I had a fucked up sense of time and how tattoos worked at that. Like I only had a few and I hadn't really sat like really sat for anything big yet at this point. Um, so this had different colors in it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, whatever. So he, he tattoos me like the first day for a while, dude, like four hours or something. And, um, and this is definitely a tattoo that should not take that long, but whatever you got to do, right? 
so he's doing that and like and it's it's not done like it's like partially colored uh the lot you know the lines are all there but it's like partially colored and all this kind of stuff and he's like all right we'll go back we're gonna let that heal and then come back and get some detail in there fi- finish it up and all that and I was like, all right, cool. So, like, when? Come back, like, uh, tomorrow or something? Or next? And he's like, no, 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 no. you got to let it all heal. Give it at least two weeks. And I was like, all right, two weeks, cool. So I paid him, like, the 200 bucks or whatever that he said right then, and I left. So I come back, like, exactly two weeks later to the shop, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm ready uh, to, you know, can we finish it up? And he, like, looks at it. He's like, no, man, that's not healed all the way yet. Still, you know, it's still got still needs some time to heal before we can i was like oh so you can't just just start again he's like no it's like the skin's too sensitive we're gonna rip it apart blah 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 i'm like all right that sucks because i again i was expecting to walk in and just get in the chair sir here we are waiting for you uh so that was disappointing but then i i go back again and he's like nah man see it's still shiny when this shininess goes away, come back. And I can tell he's getting frustrated with me at this point. But I'm seeing this guy also like here and there too because he comes. He and the guys that he works with are still coming into the shop to buy Pokemon cards from us because we have them. But we were doing cool shit like they would call and I'd set some aside for them or give them my discount, that kind of stuff, trying to be a cool guy. And, you know, I could tell he's getting impatient with me. Like, this kid won't leave me a fucking loan with a stupid clown tattoo. What the fuck? So... <clears throat> We finally, like, get in the chair, and it's begrudgingly, like, he's, you know, going to finish this tattoo for me. And we're sitting there for a couple hours, he's, like, working on it, and he's like, you know, I gave you a good deal on this tattoo. And I was like, thanks. He's like, no, you know, like, this is normally, like, a $350, $400 tattoo, and, like, I charge you 200 and I was like, I appreciate it, thanks. Like, I, and I, I'm so stupid, like, I know he was, like, basically saying, like, you know, you got to give me some more money after this, right? And I'm like, just it's totally going by by me. I'm like, well, I appreciate the discount. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. Tattoo, sir. Uh, but he finishes it again. It takes way too long, way too long. Uh, but this was like we were maybe novices on both ends here a little bit. But I just like let, I didn't give him any more money. I'm stupid. Like I'm like, all right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And he's like, I- I'll see ya. Uh, call me if you want some more Pokemon cards. Uh, you know, and uh, I uh, and and you know, it took me a. a probably a few years to realize like uh how stupid i was like that's so dumb but i actually did end up going back and getting tattooed by that same guy uh, a couple years later i didn't work at this the shop or the the tattoo i didn't work at the software store anymore i don't think or maybe towards the end of my stint but i got like this uh he had actually turned me on to this comic book called pablo's inferno which is indie comic i think it had like maybe four or eight issues about this this because uh, he had a tattoo of it on his arm and I was like what is that and it and it's about this four-year-old kid who gets hit by a car on his way to the grocery store and accidentally gets sent to hell and so he has all these adventures with the the demons in hell uh so yeah it's called Pablo's Inferno and it's uh, I got a couple issues of it I, I really loved the art but I got one of the clowns heads tattooed on the other side of uh, the other arm uh but it's like uh, this clown's face that's splitting apart into two uh different faces because he's supposed to be like the the demon of indecision or some shit like that but so i did repair my like you know we we ended up being cool uh me and this guy he wasn't like he hated me or thought i was a doofus i mean i'm sure he thought i was a doofus and a dumb kid uh but you know he did tattoo me again and it was all good and um you know i i knew i knew what i was doing uh around then but yeah, so, and then from there, it's just downhill, you know, or uphill, whatever you want. You know, I, I've sat, 
I think I've sat as long as six hours, but fuck that, dude. I, I mean, I can't do longer than that. I, I don't know how, you know, maybe that's a younger band's game to see if you're going to sit for longer than that, but I don't even, I, I can't even imagine most tattoo artists want to tattoo for like 10 hours straight or 12 hours straight on a piece. I mean, I know it happens, but I can't imagine they're too keen on that idea either. But or maybe they are. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, so that was my story. Uh, those are the, the the couple of tattoo stories as I, I venture forward into my tattoo uh, uh, advent uh, life adventure still to this day. And um, I'm sure there'll be many more uh, tattoo stories to remember and to tell in the future. So um, yeah. <laughs> Right, there you go. Hey, tattoo time, everybody. I love it. Uh, this won't definitely not be my last tattoo because now I have to get more my whole neck finished. I can't just have one thing on my neck. You know, I've got this uh, compulsion to cover every, you know, uh, blank object with stickers and t- stuff like that, including my skin. So thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you checking out the show again. Please uh, uh, keep checking it out. And uh, if you want to support me further, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. Join one of the tiers. Get yourself some cool stuff. Uh, but even for just a dollar a month, get you access to the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast uh, every single week as well. Uh, for all your John Wayne info, go to johnwayneisdead.com. You can find all of these things. My Patreon, the shop page, has all of my books in stock, records, T-shirts, uh, art prints, tarot cards all of that stuff it's up there now check it out all of my shows are up there i even added some more this past week so if you're like yeah i looked at your shows page john wayne check it again there's shit added trust me if i'm gonna be in your town hit me up coming to the show let's have a beer well let's hang out uh yeah because i'm a lot of places starting june 25th i'm out i'm like a ghost baby i'm gone so check it out uh get all your stuff uh see where i'm at john wayne is dead.com and uh i appreciate it so so much and i will talk to you guys next week